You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. From the Customer Treasury Services Unit of AIB, hello and welcome to our weekly update on Tuesday, May 14th. My name is Gavin O'Carroll and great to be joined by our Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan, to talk about the unexpected pickup in the pace of growth everywhere and cautious central banks across the world. Ollie, GDP data for quarter one has just been published for all the major economies now over the last number of weeks, except for Japan. It is good news. Yeah, the figures have come in stronger than expected. We've had a lot of survey data in the first three months of the year, four months of the year, pointing to a continued weakness in economic activity. But when the hard data were published in terms of GDP, uh, the figures were stronger than expected. It started with China, uh, better growth than expected in the first quarter. And then we've had data from the States where the economy grew by 0.8%, nearly 1% in the first quarter. That was much higher than anticipated. Uh, and then the big surprises were in Europe, where, uh, first of all, the Eurozone, having been very weak in the second half of last year, saw growth pick up to 0.4% in the quarter. That was roughly double expectations. And then the UK came in at 0.5%. So that was well ahead of, well ahead of expectations as well. Now, I would say a lot of the weakness we saw in the data in the first quarter were in, was in the manufacturing sector. Uh, and manufacturing is a much smaller part of economies now than 20, 30, 40 years ago. It accounts for somewhere between 12 and 15% of GDP in most economies. Uh, the exception is Germany, where it's above 20%. But manufacturing activity has been weak. It's associated with the slowdown in international trade. We've seen a fall off in new export orders. But then if you go to the other larger part of the economy, which is services, actually the data actually held up pretty well there in the first quarter. So it just shows you how important the services sector is and how it can weigh weak manufacturing activity. Um, there are warning signs on the data. Uh, just because we got a weak quarter one, doesn't, or sorry, strong quarter one, doesn't mean data will be strong again in quarter two. The The Boost growth was partly due to a pickup in inventories or stock levels, unsold inventories, somewhat associated with um, ahead of Brexit in Europe, etc. The likelihood is that those inventories now will be run down the second quarter, you know, depressing growth. So I caution against uh, taking from the data that we're past the trough of the weakness in growth. It may well be that GDP figures fall back again in the second quarter. That would not surprise you mentioned just about the uh, manufacturing sector in Germany is a notable outlier at over 20% um, of the economy. I'm presuming that's the car industry and the heavy, heavy goods. Yeah, Germany is well known as, as a major manufacturing base uh, and the slowdown has been more pronounced in Germany than elsewhere for that very reason, that manufacturing is a large part of the economy and they're also manufacturing the goods and selling to the markets that have been shown the greatest weakness over the last six to nine months particularly you say the auto sector, the currency is very big, but also capital or investment goods. And investment activity has been weak, and they export a lot into China as well, where there's been quite a slowdown in activity. So Germany has been harder hit than most economies by the slowdown in activity. But again, even in Germany... It's only a fifth. It, 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 yeah, even in Germany, the, the, the manufacturing sector has weakened a lot, but services have held up very well. Uh, and the other thing to note is the labour market data have been reasonably good in the first quarter. We've seen continued job growth. We've seen an ongoing decline in unemployment. We've seen a pickup in wage inflation. And that's all translating to stronger growth in consumer spending. And that was evident in the quarter one data, particularly in retail sales in Europe, including in Ireland. The Irish figures for retail sales outside of the car sector were very strong for the opening quarter of the year. We've seen that in the UK and we've seen that in the Eurozone. So the annualised figures then, if you're if working out what you're telling us, Eurozone about 1.6% is expected, UK about 2%, that would be 
it's still not that exciting. I mean, 3.2 annualised is what the US is coming in at. Yeah, well, their annualised figures for the quarter, I, say, I don't think those growth rates will be sustained in quarter two. We're still looking at growth in the Eurozone, which will be closer to 1%. There's still an expectation that growth in the US will decelerate to a 2 2.5% rate. Uh, and the UK is holding up better than expected amidst all the Brexit uncertainty. But part of the reason for that is inflation has fallen back in the UK. It's given a boost to consumer spending. Labour market remains strong. So growth in the UK is holding up. Probably we could get growth between one and a quarter and one and a half percent this year, which given the backdrop uh, of all the Brexit uncertainty is quite a good performance by the UK economy. Okay, I'm just going to touch on the currencies for two seconds. 86p euro sterling, 112 euro dollar, around 130 Sterling dollar. We've we've said those three numbers before a number of times over the last six weeks, and notwithstanding the trade tensions between the US and China escalating slightly over the last week, again currency markets are sanguine, and they're kind of ignoring these equity market wobbles. They are. I mean, first of all, stock markets are up well up year to date, so they've given back ground uh, in the last week, but they're still up. 10-12% year-to-date most stock markets. Obviously, the escalating trade tensions, the uh, increase in tariffs on uh, by the US on imports from China uh, is not a great backdrop for the stock markets. So they have given back some gains in the past week. There's still a lot of uncertainty in terms of how those trade talks will evolve. Uh, at least the discussions are ongoing, so there's a lot of uncertainty around that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, to date this year, the FX markets have gone nowhere. The, the exchange rates have been in very narrow ranges. And even when we saw that unexpected uh, news in regard to the breakdown, not breakdown, but difficulties in the US and China trade negotiations, it had very little impact on the foreign exchange markets. I think what we're seeing is, and I have been in the States recently, this, you know, the, the dollar's at a very high level, and you really notice that when you go to the States. It's expensive over there, partly because of the exchange rate. And when you look at the dollar on a trade weighted basis, it is at high levels, and it's finding it hard to make much further progress. It's also the case that the market's very long the dollar. So you think uh, with high interest rates, relatively high interest rates in the US compared to elsewhere, the dollar should be making further ground. That has not been the case because the market's already long the dollar, and it's already... Uh, at a very high level. On the other hand, currencies such as the euro remain way down by negative or very low interest rates, and the same applies to sterling. So the dollar is struggling to go higher because the levels is already at, and other currencies are struggling to make ground against the dollar because of very low interest rates, and hence currency markets have been left rudderless in terms of direction. And it's hard to see that changing anytime soon. I really think what we need to see would be enough data to convince central banks that they may need to start to act on interest rates, but that's nowhere on the horizon. I mean, look, there's there's an easing in financial conditions globally, which is positive for economic growth. Um, in terms of the actual Brexit developments now, political dancing continues in the UK, and the cross-party talks seem to be reaching some sort of crescendo, whether it's a deal, no deal, or maybe it's next week, maybe it's the week after, but there does seem to be a tightening of the screws over the weekend in terms of what they're saying on either side. Do you see any developments this week? Uh, unlikely. There's obviously growing pr- pressure on Theresa May in terms of position as leader of the Tory party. Uh, the Conservatives are doing very badly in the opinion polls. Brexit party is polling very, very strong. I don't think we'll see any major developments before the elections. Um, two weeks out. Two weeks out. But they're struggling to reach a consensus, a cross-party consensus, uh, that they could bring a deal that would command majority support within Parliament. And the longer this goes on, we could well be heading for a second referendum later in the year where it's a straight choice, you know, a no-deal Brexit or remain because the centre ground is just getting squeezed here. 
uh, it's very difficult to find politicians who are willing to compromise. So if the logjam persists and Parliament, regardless of who's Prime Minister, uh, can't come to support some withdrawal agreement, then it may well have to go back to the people in the second referendum later this year. Uh, and I say a straight choice, no deal Brexit. Uh, or remain and you know those who favour an ordeal Brexit may well be emboldened by uh, a very strong performance by the Brexit party recent reference sorry recent opinion polls the weekend suggest it could get 30-35% of the vote in the European parliamentary elections which you know will be a, a spectacular performance to say the least Other um, commentators over the weekend though uh, that guy from um, the Labour side one of the, the negotiators Kerr uh, Starmer he had said that it was just probably you know, a must that they had to go back to the people again if they're going to go and do a deal with the Tories. But then the Tory side were saying it's just a no-no that they go back to the people. Well, it depends on what the people are being asked. I mean, the Tories might be reluctant to go to the people with some form of withdrawal agreement. A new Tory leader might be happier to go back to the people if it was uh, the option was a no-deal Brexit, uh, particularly if the Brexit party, as the polls seem to suggest, performs very well in these European elections. So I think near term, uh, the focus may be on the politics. Uh, I don't think we make any progress in terms of or see any progress in terms of the Brexit negotiations. So to some extent, it's on the back burner here at the present time. Okay, Ali, to finish, we'll talk maybe just briefly about the caution of the central banks across the Western world. Obviously, that's tied to the GDP numbers. It is. And also what we saw in the first quarter was inflation. Certainly underlying inflation was weaker than expected. And central banks, it wasn't notable that both the Bank of England and the Fed uh, indicated, okay, data were stronger than expected in terms of GDP reports in the first quarter. But they did highlight that build-up in inventories and say and indicate as that amount it was likely to see a slowdown in growth in the second quarter. So central banks are not convinced by one quarter of better-than-expected GDP data. Inflation is low. They can be patient. And we've had a run of central bank meetings in the last four weeks or so, and the, the clear message is rates are staying lower for longer. We're not moving rates anytime soon. So I think central banks are off the pitch in terms of taking action, certainly until later in the year. Um, the most interesting question will be in the US, if the strength of the labour market persists, it puts the Fed in a difficult bind in terms of, okay, inflation is low. Uh, we have the president calling for lower rates, but if the labour market continues to tighten uh, and growth holds up, uh, the markets may well look for uh, an increase in rates uh, in those sort of circumstances. But for the moment, I think cautious central banks, they're not going to change their mind on the back of one quarter of strong than expected data. And uh, we have survey data for April, uh, and the PMI weakened for the services sector, which was a bit of a worry. Now, it's only one month's data, but again, it will add to the cautious move from central banks. And that's we've seen that consistent message. Uh, I think they're very much on hold at the present time, and we, we expect to see that right through the summer. You have an article written uh, in the Examiner today for the bank, and it, it covers a lot of those two, those those big themes, and finishes off with the central banks probably remaining in the sidelines. Sorry, not to be spoiling the article, but it's 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 because of these times now in terms of GDP is better than expected that we're probably going to see these interest rates at very low levels. I'm going to finish though. You've been well travelled for the bank now in recent weeks on either side of the Atlantic, and you've been in Europe and now in America in recent days as well. What's your sense of the economies either side of the Atlantic? Well, I suppose in, in the States in particular, what was noticeable was the help wanted signs everywhere. Um, you know, obviously the unemployment rate has dipped to 3.6%. I think that's the lowest level in 50 years. So a very, very tight labour market. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how much pressure that actually puts on inflation in the next year or so. And that's something the Fed will be very watching very closely. 
also the states is expensive because the dollar is strong. Yeah. I said the dollar is very is very very strong at these levels. So you certainly notice that when you go to the states. And I can tell you, dinner for two in the US was working out for something like dinner for eight in Dublin. I know we think it's expensive, but when you go to states, particularly the east coast and bigger cities, is it's it's expensive. Uh, in the UK. Still very strongly held views in regard to Brexit. We we did some conferences over there and the feedback from the floor was, you know, hard remain, hard Brexit, you know, as I say, very little room for compromise evident. And in Europe, uh, it's, I think, fairly benign. Growth has picked up, inflation is low, and rates are certainly going nowhere. So uh, not an overwhelming economic performance from it, but uh, it's moving along at a reasonable pace. We didn't touch really on the economic data out this week, but there's not very much to, to speak about in that front. No, the retail sales for April in the US, uh, the likelihood is they've been very strong in the first quarter that we won't see a repeat of that in um, in April. And we have labour market data for March in the UK. I think we'll see that t- theme continue of you know, pick up in employment and unemployment remaining low and signs of some upper pressure on wages. Ollie, thanks very much for the updates today and for your touching on the romantic travels across the either side of the Atlantic. Uh, appreciate the information and thank you to our listeners and customers for joining us on this weekly update. You are welcome to subscribe to AIB's Market Talk on iTunes or the podcast apps for iOS or Android. We look forward to speaking with you next week. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.